welcome to The Warrior Within the Woman. I'm Pastor Lauren Daniel, and this week we are going into part two of our three-week series, From Victim to Vengeance to Valor. Any of us would be lying to say that we've never had the idea or even acted on the temptation of revenge. Even in our daily lives, we could be hurt by someone, have pain inflicted upon us by someone or even ill intentions from someone really scar our heart. And therefore, it leaves us wondering why, questioning God, and even wanting to take matters into our own hands. Today, I really wanted to give a message of encouragement, but also let the Holy Spirit convict our hearts and help teach us how to put away the desire of revenge and seek God for his will for our lives. The thing is with vengeance, it can go from zero to 100 quickly. You can start out very quickly with being hurt, being embittered, then just like we spoke of last week, embracing a victim mentality and quickly not only being the victim, but making every decision in your life to solely hurt or inflict pain on the people that hurt you. Now, I'm not saying your situation is invalid or that your feelings are invalid. Absolutely not. There comes a time that we have to not only put away the victim mentality, but to accept that whatever happens in your life, even though it may not have been a part of God's plan, how they treated you, your response, and can help you embrace the calling of God on your life. Let's dive deep into the word of God today and let me explain to you what the pain and heartache, what other people do to you can actually help you move towards the calling of God on your life. Now, today we're going to talk about Joseph. Now, if you've ever really read in Genesis about Joseph, this boy, this young man, he was chosen and loved by his father. He had many brothers. Joseph had been given visions and dreams from God about who he would become. He was very confident in his calling. And you know, sometimes the confidence in God in your life or the confidence in what God has shown you in your life, people can become jealous of that. And that is what happened in this uh, event in history. Joseph was favored by his father. He was called by God and therefore his brothers became jealous. So if you'll turn with me to Genesis 37, and this is where we start with Joseph's dream. Now, if you go from Genesis 37 all the way through to Genesis 47, we'll see the whole entire event in history of Joseph, from Joseph's dream to the coat that was bestowed upon him from his father all the way through to the reconciliation that happens with his family. Joseph has this dream that he sees that he is going to rule over his family one day. Now, it is that is the concept of the dream. This was true. God was showing him a dream that what would happen to him in his life. And so his brothers, not only with the favoritism from their father to, their, uh, to Joseph, but the dreams kind of set the whole thing in motion. And so one day the brothers decide, you know, let's kill Joseph. We're jealous of him. We don't like him. Our father favors him. God has a calling on his life. And I just don't want to deal with it anymore. And so they come up with a plan. They want to kill him. In the discussion of wanting to kill him, they decide rather they will act like he is dead and just sell him 
So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So we move on, and so they sold their brother to the this enemy merchant that was walking by, the Midianite merchant. And so if you follow Joseph, the first thing we look at it, his brothers turned on him. His brothers literally turned on him and wanted to kill him. So if you've never been in that situation, or maybe you're saying, yes, somebody has tried to kill me before, then you're in good company. But if not, you can see that Joseph had ev- Joseph had every right to want to seek revenge. He was hurt. He was in pain. He had been thrown down into a cistern to kill. Then they changed their mind, sell him, sell him off, his own family, to go away and be gone forever. So if we follow Joseph, he ends up in Potiphar's house, which would be his boss, and he ends up working as a servant in Potiphar's house. Now we look at Joseph, he's trying to make a new life for himself after the rejection of his own brothers and knowing that they wanted to actually kill him. So in that, he's moving on, he's starting a new life as a servant, he was sold to Potiphar, and then we come to the next thing that happens to Joseph. So Potiphar's wife seems to be interested in Joseph. So the wife wants to have an affair with Joseph. Now, Joseph, being a man of God and also not wanting to die, uh, <laughs> decides um, to say no. So she lures him to her bedroom and he tells her, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not having an affair with you. He's my master. I do not want to lose my job. I don't want to die. And no, we're not doing this. This is wrong. I'm a man of God. And because he turned her down, talk about a woman scorned, right? She grabs his cloak. He runs away because he had decided and said in his mind, I'm getting out of this situation. So I'm not no longer tempted. And she holds on to his cloak until Potiphar comes home. Now, when Potiphar comes home, she makes up a story that Joseph tried to rape her. And as soon as she yelled out for help, he ran and left his cloak in her bedroom. So Potiphar, believing his you know, faithful wife, decides to put Joseph in prison. He not only has a family that wants to murder him, but now because he told an adulterous woman no, has been now thrown in prison because he stood up for the morals and the values he had as a man of God. So if you're listening to this, I want you to know he had every right to want to seek revenge, to seek revenge for his brothers, to be vengeful against this woman. So we move on a few chapters and Joseph is now, we see that God has orchestrated doors to be opened for Joseph so that he could be positioned. God used Joseph's abilities to 
um, prophetically explain dreams to actually position him in Pharaoh's home, in leadership in Pharaoh's court to help him. And later on, God opened the door and Joseph was in a leadership position. So now he's higher than what Potiphar was, his master, when he first got to Egypt. And now he is positioned as a leader and there is a famine that hits the land. And before this famine, God gives Joseph supernatural wisdom. They store up um, food and, and everything they need. And this famine leads his brothers to Egypt in search for food. They knew that there was a storehouse there, that there was food to be had. And let me say this as a side note. No matter what you may be going through today, no matter where you may have been brought through the pain and trials, God will use it. See, there was a famine in this land, but God used this famine, okay, this famine to bring Joseph's brothers. This was years and years and years later after they tried to kill him, after they totally rejected him and sold him into slavery. God uses a famine to bring his brothers to Egypt. And there we see this reconciliation happen between his family. If we go all the way to Genesis 47, we see this reconciliation that happens. See, Joseph had every right to seek revenge. He was high and mighty. He could have totally turned away his family, could have used his power against them. He could have um, totally excused them and let them die of starvation, but he didn't. Joseph having every right, natural right in the physical world to have revenge, he did not. Because you see, when humans seek their own revenge, it displeases God. In the Bible, God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. The Bible encourages those who have been wrong to seek peaceful ways to resolve matters when possible instead of pursuing revenge. See, it's hard. It is hard to say, I'm in pain, but I'm not going to try to inflict pain upon you. It is difficult. That is a difficult thing to forgive and let those people live. But when God says, let me deal with it. See, God is a God of promise. Every word of his mouth speaks life and promise over your situation. And when God says, do not seek revenge for I will deal with it in due time, trust him. Trust him. Joseph knew who God was. He knew despite the rejection of his family, despite being sold into slavery, despite being um, lied about and thrown into prison, despite all these things that were against him, all these things that were on his record, Joseph chose to move forward with his life and trust God in the open doors. And you see throughout those chapters that Joseph was moved after one, after another, after another to a higher ranking to position him to not only fulfill the dream God had told him about from a young age, but to also years and years and years later, after he had 
come to peace with the issue and the problems with his brothers and all that had happened, bring God brings reconciliation between him and his brothers. And he not only forgave them, he not only trusted God to bring reconciliation, but he treated them well when they came to Egypt. He took care of his family. That there is going to come a point after the forgiving process, after you choose every day to forgive that person, every time you choose to put away that victim mentality, every time you choose to overcome a desire for revenge, that is speaking volumes to God. If you look in Psalm 42, the scriptures admonish us to trust in God, right all wrongs. See, God says, do what you can. Do what you can to resolve the issues. Do what you can to overcome the desire of revenge. But trust me. But he says, trust me, because in due time, even if they don't accept what you're saying, what you're doing, what you're trying to bring reconciliation, that God will right all wrongs. So we look at Joseph and you may say, Lauren, but I have been hurt and they don't know what they've done. They deserve, they deserve to feel the pain they've inflicted upon me. I understand what you're saying. But see, it is not your role to be God. But how can I overcome this? How can I overcome the desire to be for revenge? How can I overcome the desire to be petty? How can I overcome this? The first thing that I can tell you from my own experience, the first thing I have learned in my own life is first of all, I have to avoid acting on impulse. There is no situation, nothing, especially in a situation I have been hurt, offended, or has mis- or I have misconstrued the meaning of what someone has said to me, where I should, in that moment, act on impulse and say something back. Now listen, this is something I have had to learn the hard way. <laughs> I am someone that will say something back. Anybody else? <laughs> but God has shown me that if I will just take a back seat and look at the whole situation before I act on impulse, I can save myself and other people a whole lot of heartache. People who give into anger often do things that they later regret. But those who take time to think before reacting are more likely to make better decisions. See, we have to use wisdom. Like last week, when we begin to set aside that victim mentality, we we also have to make the decision to not speak out of anger or speak on impulse when we are upset, but to take time and to listen and to look at the situation before we choose to talk to other people about it, or before we send the text, or before we type it all out on Facebook. We must think before we act. It's not only avoid acting on impulse, but seek out all the facts. Not just your side of the story, but theirs. Have a discussion with the person. Have a meaningful, mature discussion. 
with that person. And I know this message might not sound as as encouraging as the last few, but I believe that God wants the Christian women of God, warriors in the war fighting the enemy to realize that we first need to deal with our own hearts and revenge being in your heart and the pride and arrogance issues that we deal with have to be killed off before we can fulfill the calling on our life. See, Joseph trusted God. He trusted him through the process of the pain. He trusted that God would deal with it in time. Did he question God? I'm sure. Did he struggle with the fact that his brother sold him into slavery? I am sure he did. But we have to realize that acting on impulse and seeking out only the facts that deal that agree with our perspective is not how to deal with a situation. We have to seek out the facts. If you look at Proverbs 18, it says in verse 1, an unfriendly person pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Fools find no pleasure in understanding but delight in airing their own opinions. When wickedness comes, so does contempt, and with shame comes reproach. The words of the mouth are deep waters, and the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. It is not good to be partial to the wicked, and so deprive the innocent of justice. The lips of fools bring them strife, and their mouths invite a beating. The mouths of fools are their undoing, and their lips are a snare to their own very lives. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. One who is slack in his work is brother to one who destroys. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it a wall too high to scale. Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. The human spirit can endure in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge, for the ears of the wise seek it out. We are called not only to be warriors in this fight against the enemy, but to be wise. We must use wisdom against the tactics of the enemy. And one of the largest tactics of the enemy is to bring forth pride within your own situation to a fact that you think you deserve vengeance. You deserve revenge. You deserve, after all they had put you through, they you deserve to see them suffer. But truly, God is wanting you to stop acting on impulse, and to listen and seek the facts of the situation. Someone who has been wronged would do well to ask himself, are there there factors unknown to me that could explain why the offender acted the way he did? Oh, wait, Lauren, we're not supposed to be thinking about how they feel. This is about us. No. No, sister. It's not just about you. It's not just about the feelings or hurt that you have, even though as as valid as they are. It's not just about the pain that was inflicted on you, no matter how valid it is. We have to see it from all sides to, to make an actual distinction 
of what is happening in a situation. You may be in, may be hurt because you were having a bad day and they spoke to you in a certain tone. They may have hurt you because they're dealing with marriage issues at home or struggling in their business or, or dealing with strife with their children. We have to look at all the facts. Are they under pressure? Did they act out of ignorance? Sometimes what seems like an intentional offense may simply be an honest mistake. Now, I know many of us don't want to believe that. It was all intentional. But let me remind you that a victim mentality is not something that will get you anywhere. We have to be honest with ourselves, woman of God. We have to be honest with ourselves that right now, in this moment, in this part of your life, God is not wanting victims to lead the war. He's looking for generals. He's looking for women of God that are willing to stand up and say, despite the pain I've been through, despite the issues I've had, despite what my family or friends may say, despite what kind of slavery I've been in in the past, I am still willing to see God fulfill the promises over my life. Let me explain to you before I end the misconceptions about revenge. See, a lot of people have this misconception that the Bible authorizes revenge when it says an eye for an eye in Leviticus. But really, the fact of the matter is that this scripture in Leviticus was a law. The eye for an eye law in ancient Israel discouraged acts of personal revenge. The rule helped judges impose appropriate punishments. In Deuteronomy, you can look deeper into that. So before you say, well, God tells me to take revenge, an eye for an eye, look at the overall facts of the situation and look at where the scripture is coming from. We as Christian women of God should not be using scripture for our own appeasement so that we can believe that the way we have treated someone because they hurt us is approved by God. Vengeance is not approved by God. A victim mentality and vengeance can cause such heartache and burdens on your own life that no longer is that person holding chains on you, but that you've used the pain they've caused you and put chains on yourself. God is the ultimate judge. And when we seek revenge, we are taking his place. When we become overwhelmed with what others have done wrong, we become filled with anger and find ourselves focused on hate. God's love and forgiveness is seen in our ability to love and forgive. Woman of God, don't forget who you are and whose you are. It is difficult to say, I forgive you. It is hard. To, it is a hard decision to make every day to let things go. But I want to encourage you every day of your life, every moment that you take a breath, trust the process that God is fighting for you and that every pain, every struggle you have been in, every tumultuous situation that you have struggled through, God is wanting to use your testimony to reach other women out there that are struggling with the same thing. I hope this message has encouraged you today. Have, as we have looked at 
the victim mentality and seeking out vengeance the last couple of weeks, no matter how difficult these concepts may be, let us be reminded that God is requiring a deeper walk with him. He's requiring something deeper within us, calling us to be more mature than what we've been in the past so that we can see the victory and the fulfillment of the calling on our lives in the future. God bless you, woman of God. Warriors, I'll see you next week as we go into part three of Valor. As you go this week, I pray that God blesses you abundantly and that you remember that you are not a victim and you are not out to see revenge, but that God is fighting for you and he will make all things right. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Love you.